Welcome. This is an audio recording of the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Jim Falk, President of the Council. The Council is a nonprofit membership organization dedicated to engaging the public in an exploration of global issues and foreign affairs, and we produce over 80 public events each year. To learn more about us or to become a member, visit dfwworld.org. This podcast is made possible through the generous support of Haynes & Boone, LLP. We hope you enjoy it. Uh, thank you very much. Uh, please uh, do continue your uh, uh, lunch. I'm sorry to uh, interrupt, but uh, maybe I thought uh, I'd have to take a little bit more time than uh, uh, I expected. Uh, uh, this is my uh, third uh, appearance uh, since uh, uh, arriving in Fort Worth, uh, Dallas, uh, yesterday. Uh, yesterday I had a... Uh, uh, chance at speaking at this World Affairs Council in Houston. Uh, I'm sorry, in uh, Fort Worth. And this morning I had a breakfast meeting in here in Dallas. And in breakfast it was a very small meeting, but uh, at the same table I was asked, uh, uh, how, how many years have you been in uh, Washington? And uh, do you like it? And I said, I've been here a year and a half. Uh, in Washington, D.C., and uh, all the diplomats from everywhere, China or Russia or Belize or Canada, uh, they are fascinated by being in Washington because uh, it's the center of the world uh, in terms of diplomacy and politics. And uh, I noticed that there's a strange expression in some people's face uh, saying, hey, does he, this guy know where he is? And I thought that, oh, now I'm in the center of the world, Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Today, uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about economy, environment. Uh, we are facing uh, challenges now. We mean Japan and the United States together. I would call it three E challenges. First E for economic recovery. Second, E, for emerging economies' challenges. And three, for this environment and energy. And I'd like to talk about how Japan is coping with these issues. Starting from economic recovery, as many of you know, in 1990s, we had what we call a lost decade, starting from non-performing loans in banks. And by around 2005, we were, our economy was getting on the recovery road. Then, uh, as you know, we experienced uh, two difficult issues. One was that in order to cope with this uh, globalization, uh, Japanese government went through deregulation and economic reform. And in, like in many other areas, if you go through economic reform and deregulation, all in all, it helps the economy, but it makes those who are more happy and who are not that happy. And Japan was a case where 80% of people thought they were middle class and there were not too many uh, 
uh, rich men and they were not uh, poor people. And now it, they thought discrepancy was widening. So that was a, a very huge frustration accumulating. And this was a trigger for a big political change that happened last year in September. The second issue that faced was this uh, uh, financial and economic crisis started in 2008 in this country. That hit the economy worldwide, but uh, Japan was very hard hit. Our financial sector was pretty sound, as I said, because uh, non-performing loans were uh, decreasing. Two, uh, securitization of mortgages were far smaller than here, and leverage was smaller than here as well. However, J Japanese economy was hard hit maybe more than any other country. Our uh, uh, output for uh, manufacturing industry went down by 22%. Our export went down by 33%. Our GDP growth went down by 5%. This 5% GDP minus growth is largest since 1956. This is because in our manufactured industry, 17% of the share was uh, transport material, including automobiles mainly. 18% was electric and electronic goods. So altogether, 35%, meaning more than one-third, was these rather expensive and goods that can wait to buy. Agricultural products you have to consume every day, like we've just done. If it's a cheaper product, which is sold in uh, uh, some, some uh, huge shops, then uh, it wouldn't be uh, consumed anyway, regardless of economic situation. However, automobiles, electronic goods, people would think you can wait to buy. And that has really damaged Japanese economy. Also, currency added on to that. In last two years, Japanese yen was appreciated by 15%. Euro was depreciated by 6%. Renminbi, Chinese currency, was... Uh, appreciated only 5%, all against dollar. So that was one of the cause of uh, uh, minus growth of uh, Japanese export. And we have uh, gone through a very difficult economic uh, situation. And, of course, it has uh, triggered the uh, political change as well. Our economy has a uh, huge uh, difficulty also. That is a uh, public debt, which is amounting to more than 180% of GDP. It's the largest amongst 
any major developed countries. The difference with the debt in this country is that it is not a borrowing from other countries. It's a borrowing from, huge, from future generations because public bond is consumed in Japan, not in other countries, sold to other countries. However, we cannot go on like this, and uh, it was always say, our target to reduce it. Now it's difficult, but we hope that uh, with the economic re recovery, uh, we could uh, cope with this issue. The present economic situation, which was uh, uh, announced a few days ago, was 1.1% growth. That was the last year's uh, October, Dece December, last quarter of 2009. 1.1% growth against uh, third quarter. That is uh, annual 4.6%. And that's not bad. We are in the road to economic recovery. However, it's still depending on uh, uh, export, and uh, it's not really uh, so stable yet. So we have to come back to uh, more stable, strong uh, economy. Against this backdrop, a new government came in it came in in September last year. They had some prescriptions. Prescriptions was that uh, we have to change economy from export-oriented to domestic growth-led. Two, we have to help household income directly rather than just helping industries. Third was unemployment uh, was a problem, and uh, uh, unemployment rate is still 5.1%. It is lower than here, which is 9.7%, but in a society like Japan, which have a long-term, lifetime employment, 5.1% is quite high. Uh, because uh, it hits young people's employment. And uh, there are a lot of uh, temporary hiring and with a bad condition. So new government came in with a policy to prohibit hiring of temporary uh, employment in manufacturing industry. These are the basic thoughts that the new government had. And they came up with uh, concrete measures. One, in order to uh, help households, government came up and now trying to implement a policy co called child allowance, giving child allowance. Giving each child in family $150 around per month regardless of income. That's a huge expenditure. But, uh, and this $150 will be increased to $300 from next year. So if you have three kids, you'll get automatically $900 per month. And that's uh, the idea 
two things, to boost economy, second, to increase the birth rate in long term. Because our birth rate uh, has gone down to 1.37 already now. U.S. birth rate is 2.17. So you can see that we cannot sustain not only economy but country with the birth rate of 1.37. And that's one of the reasons that uh, this government is trying to really stimulate birth. Second is in order to assist the household, make public high school fees free. Pu public high schools were uh, charging about $110 a month, and this will be made free. Three, uh, I wanted to uh, sh show off my... Uh, uh, memory and not look at anything, but not to make mistake, I will look at it. <laughs> uh, agriculture, uh, individual farming household income support system. 670 US dollars per acre, that's annual. Japanese farms average is 4.4 acres. So annually, each farm would, in average, get $2,800. This is a new subsidy. By the way, average farm in EU is 42 acres. Average farm in this country, United States, is 425 acres. Maybe Texas, 4,000, but, uh, <laughs> but... So, average U.S. to Japan is 100 to 1. And uh, this is uh, all included in the budget for 2010, which is now being deliberated in Japanese Congress, which is called Diet. We hope that uh, these will uh, have a concrete result and uh, uh, at present uh, IMF's prediction for GDP growth of Japan in 2010 is 1.7% for US it's 2.7 we are both lagging behind world average of 39 but I think uh, uh, amongst developed countries, uh, we are not that bad, and I think we have to really come up uh, more strongly and try to pull the world economy as engines. We hope that uh, we could uh, cooperate in fora like G20 and APEC. We are hosting APEC in Yokohama this year. U.S. is hosting APEC in Honolulu next year. We hope we can sort of bridge between those two APECs. And uh, what's important is not to take beggar thy neighbor policy. Beggar thy neighbor. 
meaning protectionism. It's easy to resort to buy American, buy Chinese, buy Japanese that would buy domestic political favor. But that's the surest prescription to going down the economy as a whole. So all of us have to really work hard not to do so. Secondly, emerging economies. Now China, India, Mexico, Brazil, South Africa, those countries are coming up, just like we were doing 30 years ago, just like Japan was doing 30 years ago. (coughs) There are concerns, because Japan was only 110 million. All these countries added is half the population of the world coming into the limited market. So there are concerns. However, this reminds me of a story, a Japanese fiction. That is that one day a Buddha was walking in the heaven and looked down upon the and from heaven he was able to see hell where a criminal was tortured and was agonized so he thought some pity and Buddha uh, put a put down a spider thread. Criminal just saw a spider thread coming down to him, and uh, he was so happy and cling on to that and started to climb up the spider uh, string. Halfway, he looked down and saw so many of other people who were in hell were coming up the same very thin thread. He was afraid that it would cut off, so he shouted down, Hey, don't come up! With that shouting, the thread was cut off, and everyone, including the criminal himself, went down to hell again. And Buddha was so sad to see that happen and just continued his stroll in the heaven. This means that uh, in a society like this, it's those who are coming up the, the string. You cannot stop them. If you try to stop them, artificially, trying to put your head into sand like ostrich and try not to see him, or try to cut it, those who will be hurt could be yourself. Some 30 years ago, 25 years ago, there was a minister in European continent, trade minister, who were afraid that Japanese manufacturer 
goods would flood her country. Said only customs that could accept Japanese goods would be a a small unknown town called Poitiers. You know which country this is now. <laughs> and this, uh, uh, so that to hinder Japanese products to come into her country. The Japanese companies went to United Kingdom, elsewhere, and produced goods there and came into the market as European goods. You can't really stop those things. So we have to live up to that. It doesn't mean that we just laissez faire, do nothing about that. Three things. One, we have to go up the ladder and try to come up with some industry, with more uh, higher engineering, better design, and make us more competitive. Second, those who are coming in have to abide by to rules and norms that has been established, WTO, WIPO, or others. And that's crucial as well. It's like a transfer students coming into school. He or she has to first adapt him or herself to class rather than saying that I'm going to be this class president, you have to obey. That doesn't work. Third thing is that discussion amongst ourselves has to be respected. More often than not, people try to jump on to some new fora, new discussion. Like, if I may say, G20 is important. We put a lot of importance on that. But it doesn't mean that talks among like-minded countries like G7, G8, which has been there for 30 years, could be discarded right away. Lastly, on environment and energy. On September 7th last year, almost a lightning has struck Japan because then Prime Minister-elect-to-be, Mr. Hatoyama, said he will aim as a midterm target, midterm target meaning 2020, a cut of 25% from 1990 level of uh, greenhouse gas effect. This was not new because it was already written in Index 2009, which was a sort of manifesto of elections for this uh, new coming-in party, Democratic Party of Japan. However, still people were shocked in a way. One, because only three months before, in June 2009, previous government announced that our midterm goal will be 15% cut from 
2005. And lot of business people said that's too ambitious. 15% cut from 2005 is equivalent to 8% cut from 1990 level. So this new prime minister-elect said 25% cut from 1990 level means he tripled, more than tripled, the target. That was a sort of a... Uh, shock went around the country. The second reason was that Japan, as many of you know, already had been a most energy-efficient country for more than two decades. In order to produce a dollar of GDP, if Japan needed one unit of energy, U.S. and EU needs twice a unit of energy. Russia, 17 times. China, nine times. India, eight times. So Japan was by far the number one to try to go further cut was almost seen like asking Kate Moss to go on a diet. <laughs> so Japanese business people, some of them thought we can't go on like that. If we, the government goes, we have to invest abroad. However, Prime Minister and his cabinet maintained the policy. And Prime Minister made at Climate Change Summit in September last year, two weeks later, then in the statement that his midterm goal is a 25% cut from 1990 level in order to strike a fair and effective international framework. And that commitment of Japan is not with the premise that all other major countries, major economies would do as much as possible as well, do alike. The reason for such commitment of Japan was because of two reasons. A sense of urgency. It's not too late, but no time to waste, was Japan's belief. Second was that uh, with the experience in the 1970s, I should say, and 80s, as you all know, oil shocks have hit Japan. But because of that, Japan was able to make a most energy-efficient economy, as I said. That effort paid off in the end. So Japan thought that this should not be seen only as a challenge, but seen as a chance. And Japan took a lead in Copenhagen with the United States as well. Copenhagen, some people think that it was a failure. We don't look at it that way. It was a certain success. It laid a good ground. Some people say, if leaders cannot agree on concrete measures, how other officials can. But I think, as I said, the ground is already being laid. 
steam has not gone. We, if we take a pessimistic view, it could be a self-fulfilling prophecy. Japan's strategy could be summarized into four. I would call it A, B, C, D. A for ambition to be maintained. B for bird participation. C for uh, comparability. D for development assistance. I would just explain very briefly. Ambition level. We have already registered 25% cut. Now what we is necessary is that we take legal measures, necessary budgetary measures to realize that. This is prescribed in new growth strategy, which was announced in 2009, December. It says we'll take all measures to realize this uh, commitment we made, including promoting electric power feeding tariffs, smart grids, new generation automobiles. With that, the aim is to create a new market, environment-related market, which is amounting to $500 billion United States, the U.S. dollars, creating 1.4 million jobs, green jobs, and reducing 1.3 billion equi- uh, tons equivalent of CO2 of uh, greenhouse gases. B, broad participation. Kyoto was a milestone, however, limited one. China now producing 20%, U.S. producing 20% are not members. India, Brazil, South Africa, those countries are not bound by commitments. We cannot create an international forum. Only those who commit themselves are bound. All major countries have to be bound. So we were very happy to see President Obama making a clear statement in Congress, State of Union, saying that he will push through with climate bill. Comparability and transparency. Even if we make any targets, if we can't compare scientifically and verify these uh, targets, People will not put trust on that, and this will become a failure. So we have to have clear comparability. It's, from now, it's going to be designed, so I cannot go into specifics, but that's the key thing as well. U.S. is taking that position, and we support that. D, development assistance. In 2005 already, 50% of world greenhouse gas emission is from developing countries. We have to have them aboard. However, three things also could be said. That is, one, the present green climate change 
global warming was mainly caused by developed countries. It's not the responsibility of developed countries, but those countries who have been operating for many years. Second, developed country has more funding and more energy and more, I'm sorry, uh, more technology. Three, many of the small developing countries are more in vulnerable position vis-a-vis floods or uh, uh, desertification. So, it's the responsibility of developed countries to help developing countries to mitigate, adapt to the situation. In Copenhagen, Japan pledged that it will give $15 billion U.S. And out of that 12, uh, I'm sorry, 11 will be public finance. This is for the mitigation, adaptation of developing countries. All the amount committed by developed countries was 30 billion. So we, we committed more than one third of that. And that shows that we think really develop, we have to help developing countries and get them on board. I'm speaking such long, but lastly, on Japan-U.S., I always uh, cite the figure that, uh, according to IEA, world's uh, public investment in research and development in energy sector, 72% is done by two countries, 31% by Japan, uh, I'm sorry, 31% by U.S. I should not make this mistake. 41% by Japan. We have special responsibility. We have special knowledge. More than any other country. Japan and U.S. can do a lot. And when President Obama came to Japan in November, we agreed that we would cooperate in areas like smart grid, carbon uh, capture and sequestration, CCS, and we hope that we can cooperate in high-speed railway as well. As many of you know, high-speed railway of Japan was, has been in operation from 1965. In 45 years, no death accident. Average delay time per year is less than one minute. It's Japan is a lot of, has a lot of earthquakes, so it's earthquake-proof. As soon as the seismic chain, uh, wave is uh, caught, uh, it'll automatically stop the train. So we hope that the uh, U.S. now is uh, starting uh, under President Obama, high-speed railway, and Japan can, can be of a help as well. We think that as automobile and computer has changed the world. Now, this environment-related area may able to change the world again. New industry coming along. Also, this is not Japanese view, but my personal view. We are looking at, uh, in the economic field, uh, 
tariffs are so important. It's important. However, maybe we should address issues like resource management, world resource management, if uh, some emerging countries are trying to exploit, monopolize all the rare materials, energy. We have to be addressing that in some international war, which we never have done. U.S. has a very good experience and has showed us a model for exploiting, new, uh, exploring new areas. Going to West, uh, it has uh, shown to the world that those who go first will get the golden share. Japan also has the experience of coming back from ashes uh, like World War II and uh, starting from three centuries of closed society and opening up and coming um, to the world history rather quickly as well. We think cowboys and samurais can lead the world again, and uh, we think uh, there's a lot of room for that. Let us meet the challenges and let us not miss the chances. Thank you very much. We have a tradition at the World Affairs Council, and first of all, thank you so much for those very insightful and excellent remarks. I think we all learned a great deal, and um, we have a tradition at the World Affairs Council that the first question goes to the students um, that are here. We have um, quite a few students represented, and I have to say, first, um, as a warning, they always ask kind of hard questions. So the first question is, um, for Your Excellency, what do you think of the car recalls of Toyota and Honda, and how is this going to affect the Japanese car industry and the economy? So, can getting you, right to the point can, there. Can you uh, ask me all the questions, and I would like to answer all of them. Well, um, in order to uh, try to get other questions as well. Okay. Well, we just ask one from the students, and then we go out to the audience. Oh, so, is, is this it, the only one? That's going to be the only one. And I then thought the, you had five or so. I picked, I picked the hardest. Um. <laughs> but you, you, can, you can ask the others as well. Okay. I, I'll uh, try to take it. Oh, okay. Well, we'll read through them very quickly. Um, and what does um, it mean to Your Excellency to represent your country? Um, and another one would be, um, do you think the globalizations and advances in technology have affected the Japanese culture in any way? And then also, just finally, from the students, um, anybody that's interested in a diplomatic um, position, how would, how would you recommend they go about it? But I know we have other questions from okay, the okay, audience. Okay, so okay I'll, I'll, uh, I'll go quickly. Uh -huh. uh, uh, for Toyota, uh, I've always been saying that uh, safety is most important in auto industry. And that's the Japanese government's view as well. We've been telling Toyota people our beliefs and Toyota is also saying that uh, that's uh, their motto as well. And you have seen from uh, op-ed in Washington Post of uh, Akio Toyota that uh, they are trying to recover the uh, credibility of the company. And uh, second point is that although this is a private uh, company's uh, uh, problem, I'm very much interested in following that because I don't want to see that the image 
Japanese companies have been trying to create in this country and the rest of the world will be damaged. Because I remember that 50 years ago when I was in Seattle, Washington, there was a TV show and uh, something broke up and a comedian came up and said, oh, made in Japan. And that was those days. But the image has completely changed thanks to Toyota, thanks to Sony, thanks to other companies, NEC, of course, uh, Sundan, and, oh, I'm sorry, uh, what was other <laughs> And so, uh, uh, of course, Jell. And uh, uh, so, 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 I think uh, uh, really uh, we uh, have to. Uh, uh, I hope that Toyota will uh, uh, do very well in the congressional hearing as well. Thirdly, I have uh, called Mr. Lafoud, the Transportation Secretary, and uh, that was three days ago. I told him that uh, I expect U.S. government to take a very appropriate attitude uh, and not to really make this an over uh, pol uh, political issue. And I think uh, we have uh, a good understanding on that. Uh, as for representing my country, I think it's a great honor. And uh, to do with uh, this uh, diplomatic question that uh, you've asked, uh, I think a diplomat, in a way, have, have to fulfill several features. One, you have to be a communicator like politician or uh, community organizer, and uh, <laughs> second, uh, you have to be a uh, 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 analytical as uh, academic. Thirdly, you have to be alert to news like uh, media people, and fourthly, uh, you have to uh, make friends and uh, try to see uh, the uh, social side as well. Try visit around like he here and make friends. And I uh, do like to meet people, and I'm very happy to be here as well. And that's an important part of my function too. Lastly, on globalization's effect on Japan. Yes, I think, uh, uh, as I have touched a bit, uh, there is, it is inevitable, but at the same time, how to meet with that, those uh, changes, challenges, sometimes need mitigation. And uh, in 1990s, we did not uh, come up with the right reform, deregulation. We were just, some people say that, stuck our head in the sand and tried not to see the change. In 2000, uh, some of the reforms went a little too far. Now it's trying to see if uh, we would strike the right balance. This is uh, the uh, stage where we are now. Thank you very much. Uh, Mr. Ambassador, what do you think about the idea that Japan can increase its prestige, increase its security, and increase its trade by substantially redesigning the Japanese flag? Uh, flag? Yes, sir. Uh, could, could you elaborate a bit, please, sir? Well, yes, sir, there are many people who do 
not view the Japanese flag for historical reasons as a um, as one of the most friendly symbols in the world. And there is an idea that if the design were substantially changed, it would increase. It would be a much more friendlier symbol. Well, I. Very frankly, I have not really uh, heard of this discussion uh, before. And uh, yes, there are uh, flags of uh, Japanese military, uh, which uh, has all the rays around uh, the Japanese Navy, and uh, which is not used. Uh, this flag uh, has been Japanese flag uh, since uh, uh, Meiji Restoration 100 uh, uh, 50 years ago, and uh, I don't think uh, that this flag is uh, identified as uh, sort of with belligerency, and uh, I don't find that uh, I have, uh, I don't recall that I've been told that uh, from uh, other foreign friends, uh, but uh, I will. Uh, uh, think about, but I don't think uh, that has been the sort of. Uh, I, I should not uh, say, use such word, but the majority thinking around the world. Of course, there are some people who don't like, who doesn't like uh, flags of other countries who would associate with history whatever, but a uh, lot of countries have uh, war and others in their history, and I don't think we should put all the responsibility to flags. Thank you very much. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm looking for lessons for our future here. Uh, as I recall, of your population, you've got a negative replacement rate in the birth rate, and you've got probably nearly 1% of your population is over 90 years of age, and 40 or 45,000 of them are over 100 years old. How would that, that imbalance of workers versus pensioners, how do you plan to fund the pension problems coming up? There might be a lesson for us here. Yes, uh, you're right, sir. Uh, we are a uh, leading runner for the aging society, and that's the very difficulty that we are facing. As you have uh, learned, uh, if you talk about health care, Issues uh, here, uh, healthcare. Fifteen percent of GDP is spent on healthcare. In Japan, it's eight percent. So still, it's half uh, in Japan. But with this aging society, we are facing a big problem as well, and uh, that's one of the reasons that this government of Japan is trying to address this. It, it's not a panacea right away, because if you, even if you give child allowance, uh, it would not increase uh, uh, and solve this uh, aging society right away. But uh, uh, as a long-term project, uh, this is one. Second, uh, some people would say, of course, uh, if you open up the, and try to have more immigration, that would help. But uh, uh, we are having a little bit more uh, opening 
up with the uh, free trade area agreement. Some nurses and uh, professionals are coming in from Asian countries. But all in all, I think uh, that has not dramatically changed the situation yet. We have to, this is one of the top issues, as you rightly uh, uh, addressed uh, as an important issue. Yes. Thank you. Do we have a question from the young lady? Are you from Lithuania? Yes, yes. one of our international visitors from Uh, thank you very much. Uh, as for uh, women's uh, status, uh, legally, uh, it is uh, women's uh, uh, position is uh, secured and ensured just as women, uh, men are. However, it is true that uh, this is a recent phenomenon and uh, there are not as many CEOs uh, or uh, representatives or cabinet ministers compared to other countries, it's a fairly small number uh, or ratio. And, but it's increasing. And uh, uh, many women used to uh, start uh, after uh, graduation from college, they married right away. But now they're working. For example, I have two daughters. Uh, they're working now uh, after uh, finishing schools, and uh, it's almost uh, uh, na natural and uh, a normal thing that all the uh, almost 80 percent, 90 percent girls working and uh, with uh, the same status as men. But uh, it takes time, in, um, especially it's in government, uh, the legal. Uh, status is ensured, but in some uh, private companies, uh, uh, I think uh, it's lagging a bit little behind, I, I suppose. Then we have time for um, one more question. I think your hand was up first. Uh, um, yeah, we've, we've all followed the JAL and American Airlines uh, partnership. I saw a, a good friend here from Japan Airlines. Uh, why don't we ask him? <laughs> Saito-san, why don't you come up? your questions. Uh, well, f first of all, I would like to... Uh, uh, please take pictures because uh, his father is my friend. I'm going to send it to him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <I'll> <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> well, um, 
frankly speaking, uh, first of all, I would like to say we're, we're very happy with our decision with our alliance staying in the one world and, uh, of course, uh, having a good partnership with American Airlines. <laughs> and I'm sure that our decision was correct in the future. And, um, <clears throat> well, um, honestly, uh, it was a very difficult uh, decision for us, but... Uh, Again, uh, I want to emphasize that our decision was correct, and uh, <clears throat> and uh, well, re I cannot talk about the uh, uh, the public investment into our company because uh, there's a lot of stakeholders in our company. So I cannot talk on behalf of our company. Uh, please forgive me about that. And um, <clears throat> um, well. Uh, since uh, the U.S. and uh, Japan has agreed on the open skies, uh, which will come into effect hopefully in October of this year, and I have, a, I think there's a very good chance for the airline industry to uh, recover from this recessions. And uh, this, I, I'm sure that this open skies agreement between the two countries will help. Uh, our recoveries, and uh, and also for the all the, I, I I'm sure that uh, it will not only for the airline industries for but all for the uh, economies, for those two countries, um, and as you may know, uh, we have <laughs> jointly filed for the uh, antitrust immunity uh, uh, based on this open skies agreement. And uh, we're aiming to establish a joint business with American Airlines, our great partners. And, <clears throat> and uh, we look forward to their uh, future uh, business, oppo business opportunities, uh, enhancements, uh, uh, along with American Airlines. And, uh, well, my only hope is uh, all of you to have a chance to fly with Japan Airlines and American Airlines. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Saito-san. Uh, his uh, father uh, is my colleague. Uh, he used to be ambassador in Russia and uh, now ambassador in France. And uh, uh, he's the son. And uh, uh, we come across in Washington as well because uh, he's based in Washington too. Yeah. 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 The ambassador told me that these questions are so stimulating that he would like to take two more, and then we'll. Um, so we have time. I think there was somebody I missed. Um, okay. Yeah. May I make a statement that we at Jetro, the Japan Freight Office, are on our third senior female executive, and we just hired a woman who used to work at the Ministry of Foreign Affairs. So. Address the women's issue. It's woman power in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's see how many other people have questions before we. There's one there, one there. So it looks like we have three. So it'll be very brief questions, and, and we'll. Please, you. Yes. Your Excellency, I understand the uh, general changing population is one of the big issues that we face. And uh, in addition to that, the non-Japanese public that 
tax revenue falling, and I don't see a lot of waste on gap from the tax revenue spent. What exactly are the specific measures taking like the government, especially with all the child allowances and all the expenditures share before? I just don't see this uh, money deficit being built by any other means than public. Uh, this is uh, true that uh, our tax revenue is less than 50% of uh, expenditure this year. Some of the reasons I have given that uh, new government is starting a new policy of uh, trying to create some subsidies as well. But this has been a long-term issue, too. And uh, we hope that with the economic recovery, we would lessen this gap. Uh, we were trying to have a primary balance uh, by this year. It was delayed. And uh, first, uh, we it's very difficult to cut uh, expenditures when we have to boost the economy as well. So it's a dilemma but uh, hope that uh, we economy would pick up and we can uh, also cut off uh, some of the uh, unnecessary spending as well. Uh, it's a, a very difficult uh, question we are facing, and uh, I think, uh, like other countries, we are muddling through on these issues. Thank you. Yes, and we have your last question. Mr. Ambassador, with the continued failure of six-party talks, uh, I would say uh, this is, you said, continuous failure of uh, six-party talks, uh, but the six-party talks have not been convened for some time. Uh, we think uh, three th issues have to be addressed. North Korea's nuclear armament, should be stopped. Second, missile like Tepodon and Nodon. Third is kidnapping abduction issue. In order to solve these issues, we think bilateral is uh, not enough, so we've been getting help from United States, China, ROK, Russia, and trying to have this six-party forum, but it, it is true that it has not have produced a result we wanted to yet. However, we think that uh, we have to keep on uh, pressing this. I'll just make uh, two points here. Japanese public, as I said, have a strong allergy against nuclear. They have no appetite for nuclear armament. And I think this will not change. Second, uh, as for six-party talks, it's important to make advance. But at the same time, what we have to remember is by trying to make some progress, we should not play into their hands that uh, time is on their side. Because on nego any negotiations, if you have time on your side, 
that makes your position stronger. If we try to show our eagerness too much, we would have that danger. So it's important that we continue to press through UN Security Council, through six-party talks, get together with the United States, together with uh, China and other countries, but not try to jump on to something that you have just suggested. We have no intention of doing that. Last question. Uh, Your Excellency, um, I read recently, I've been doing a, hearing a lot said about the new relationship between your new government and China, and um, it was kind of sad to me, uh, concerning to me, because I read it in the New York Times, and you know, all the news that's fit the print, um, about the fact that uh, the reason this was is because, there it was, it said because of the diminishing nature of the United States and the United States economy. And um, I just wanted to get your reflection of your relationship now with China. Uh, at one time, you were, uh, well, it's much closer now, and what your regard is to the United States and any diminished economic position uh, we're in, and how maybe we could correct it since you came from a lost decade, of, and we don't want to repeat the same thing. Uh, maybe I'm not answering straightforward, but uh, as for China, yes, the uh, relation is improving, especially after prime ministers have started not going to a shrine, which has a uh, uh, ex uh, criminals uh, of World War II uh, that was not from this government. Uh, it's already uh, fourth, I think, uh, prime minister uh, consecutively has not gone there. However, I think in bilateral relations here between United States and Japan, we have some very special features. One, we share common security interest, peace and stability, based on, in short, status quo in this region. Two, we are both economic powers, not only economic powers, but trying to respect, as I said, norms, rules of international organizations. Three, we share common interests, democracy, human rights, freedom of speech, Google is not censored in Japan. <laughs> Fourthly, 80% of Americans, 80% of Japanese like each other in recent polls. There are no relations other than those. If you look around, there are, uh, it's difficult to say, I just remember there were so several uh, diplomats from other countries, so uh, I have to be rather <laughs> diplomatic as well. Uh, but uh, uh, it's uh, very difficult uh, to see that uh, two countries have that, all those features. And I think with China, we don't have that. Uh, with other countries, you don't have that as well. So our relations in that sense are special, and we hope that uh, this will be maintained, continued, and uh, we have to fortify it. Thank you very much. And. I'm uh, greatly honored that uh, 
good friend Tom Schieper, Ambassador Schieper, and others. Uh, all the distinguished guests are here, and I was given a very special opportunity to talk with you. Thank you very much. For more information about the World Affairs Council of Dallas-Fort Worth, visit them on the web at www.dfwworld.org.